everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 216. Hooray! Yay! Happy Game of the Year finished. Well, not for the people listening yet. <laughs> We've recorded it. We've not put it up right. yet. If we go up so... soon. <laughs> Right, okay, so they don't know that we get Farmville Game of the Year then. It's Game of the Year every year. <laughs> RuneScape Classic Edition Game of the Year. <laughs> they brought it to phone oh. in 2018, it's a new game. Ah, oh, right, okay, fair enough. Uh, no, they, so they seriously don't know that Fort, Fortnite is Game of the Century. Fortnite was actually look. Here's actual spoilers for our actual game of the year podcast. Fortnite was actually eligible, and we didn't put it in any categories, even though me and you have played a decent amount of it. Yeah, it's it's that whole thing. I think we've spoke about it before with uh, kind of free to play games, where it just sometimes feel like it deserves something, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if you're listening to this, well, probably if they're listening to this game, you'll be finished by then, won't it? Yeah, but, well, I don't know. As we're might, recording it. I don't know, it depends. It might not be up. It depends on, we haven't decided yet whether we're going to put it up alongside the videos or not. If we wait for the videos, then no. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are not going to be yeah. done till I don't know, whenever. We, yeah. But uh, yes, but anyway, um, hope you had a good holiday period and uh, a year. And uh, we're back, and we're going to talk about some games. Yay! Yay! So let's uh, jump into it. And uh, Kieran, why don't you start off by telling us about a, as you've written here in the document. Tomb Raider, Shadow something or other, or as it's properly known as Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, that sounds like a real game name. Um, yeah, I got this for Christmas, so I've been playing a bit of it. Um, I didn't really get into Rise of the Tomb Raider very much. I think we talked about it a bit on the podcast that I bought it. Yes. I thought it was okay, but then I fell off it pretty early and just never went back to it. So... I knew I was going to get it for Christmas, so I went back to Rise of the Tomb Raider and finished that. And that game's okay. It gets a bit better. Yes. It's got like a bit of a, a boring bit, a lull after you first like get to the first hub area. Uh, but it kind of picks up again after that. But that game's okay. But I think so far I'm liking Shadow of the Tomb Raider a bit more. Um, if only because of the shooting feels a fair bit better, I think. Uh-huh. I didn't really like the shooting in Rise of the Tomb Raider at all. There was something about it. Every gun felt like super inaccurate at all times. This one it feels a bit more uncharted Um But like Shadow of the Tomb Raider is... It starts with the most interesting premise of all of these Tomb Raider games so far. Because it's still just, you know, Lara is going after a MacGuffin and she <clears throat> goes into an ancient tomb and she finds a thing and Trinity's after it and blah 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 blah. But the thing that makes interesting is, right at the start, she goes into an in, into, uh, ancient t- tomb, and the game starts with you 
Tomb Raiding, which is already an improvement over the last game. And she finds an ancient thing and finds like a big thing on the wall that explains it. And it's like, oh, this is a magic knife. If you stick the magic knife into the magic box, you get the ability to create worlds. Also, if you take this knife away, there's going to be a giant, a giant tsunami and then a storm and then an earthquake and then a volcano is going to explode and everyone's going to die. And she's like, cool, taking this knife. And then Tsunami hits town and like kills everyone and she's like, Oh no, I took the knife and everyone died. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> and it's like the first time in these games that she has actually had like repercussions for you know being the white hero that came into this foreign place and tried to save everything. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she came into this foreign culture and is like, I'm the hero, I'm taking this thing and then it's like, ah, but you just you killed everyone. That's, you you fucked everything up. Um, I don't know how much they're gonna go. They're gonna stick to that plot. I feel like the the buzz that I heard about it around the time it came out was people saying that this premise was pretty good, but that it doesn't really stick landing on it. So I'll be interested to see how it goes because it's a good premise and it's good so far. Um. It feels like it's also got a bit more of a stealthy kind of focus than the last one did. There's a right. lot of like just Lara covering herself in mud and then, you know, swimming through puddles or hiding in grass or up against walls and then jumping out at people and slitting their throats. It's, <laughs> she's literally just a fucking predator. It's kind of great. Um, right. Yeah, I'm liking it a lot so far. Um, it also looks a lot nicer than Rise did, which Rise already looked nice. But, like, when you were over not that long ago, I kind of showed this to you. Like, I remember when Rise of the Tomb Raider first came out. We, yes. I'm pretty sure we had it on, like, our best graphics category that year. Because that was around the time we just started the podcast. Or, uh, it was early in the podcast, it... at least. No, th- well, Rise because Rise came out first on the Xbox yeah in 360 yeah did we not I'm no sure it came we... Xbox One mm, you may be right yeah Rise of the Tomb Raider I came out I think it was cross platform I think it was early enough in Xbox One it came out in the 360 as well no I don't think so uh, so I am actually Rise just looking of the for Tomb my Raider, Xbox you... 360 yeah, it you did. do that. It's cross-platform. Came out in 2015. Um, but yeah, you, you had it on Xbox One. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And showed it off. And I remember at the time thinking it looked fucking phenomenal. And being like, yes. why isn't this on PS4? I need to play this. It looks gorgeous. It came out on PS4 a year later. And I didn't really get into it much until the last year. It did it lost a lot of its shine? Yeah, I, you know that. Uh, it was an older game, and people on the PS4, uh, when they were reviewing it, was like, "This came out a year ago; it would have been great." Yeah, and it's that thing where I think for me, just the main part of it was just the aliasing. Like it looked really it had a lot of jaggies all over the place. So when I was playing on PS4 Pro. I played it. They have three options for the graphics on it. Because they upgraded for PS4 Pro. It was one of the first games that got upgraded for PS4 Pro. So you have like the frame rate yeah. mode, 
They have the the oh, I forget the graphics mode and then the resolution mode. And so uh-huh. the frame rate mode unlocks the frame rate, runs it at 1080p, and reduces the graphics slightly, kind of to what the original Xbox One release was, because the PS4 was a bit more powerful than the Xbox One. Um, the graphics mode was basically just the PS4 version, the regular PS4 version at 1080p, scaled up to whatever, but locked at 30 frames a second. And then the resolution mode was it upscaling to 4K, locked at 30 frames a second. And that's the one I was using because it looks way less jaggy than the other ones. Right. Um, this is less of an issue in Shadow of Tomb Raider. Shadow of Tomb Raider has really nice anti-aliasing, so you can kind of play... They took out the graphics mode, so now it's just like resolution or frame rate. Those are your, your two choices. And right. I've been sticking with the resolution one because I found that the frame rate has been kind of... It's not locked at 60. It's It kind of jumps a bit. Like, you get into firefights and stuff and it drops. Whereas the resolution one seems to just be locked at 30. So I've, I've been sticking with that kind of locked frame rate for the most part. And I just think it looks really nice. It's, it's that thing where, obviously, Rise of the Tomb Raider at this point came out, you know, three, four years ago. So, yeah. you know, it was obviously going to look better. But it looks a lot nicer it looks like uncharted 4 levels of prey and kind of the main thing to be focusing on this one is that there's a lot of underwater areas so that all the underwater stuff is where they kind of were like here's where we're putting all the graphics tech and all the underwater stuff looks really good so yeah i've enjoyed it so far i'm gonna play more of it it seems like a good one of those games i'm glad that tomb raider is still kind of relevant uh-huh even if it feels like this one kind of just came and went I think it came out in such a busy period last year you didn't really hear people talk about it after release it was just like yeah there was a Tomb Raider I guess but also Smash Bros on now let's talk about that <laughs> cool Yeah. yes so um, we I don't think we've spoke about it since the we spoke about it obviously for the game of the year but in the regular we haven't spoken about it yeah, I don't think we've done. I can't remember what podcast we've done over. Yeah, I think I say I was yeah. gonna say over Christmas, but since November, <laughs> yes. um, you know, Christmas. So, yeah, well, we did one in December, and I'm pretty sure we did it on the day the last podcast we did right. was the, the day, day that it came out. Because yeah, we the were day up before till midnight. Yes, but it's the only time I record podcasts now. I'm only recording this because I'm waiting for No More Heroes to come out. <laughs> by the time we finish I'll be able to play Travis Strikes again yeah I'll uh, I'll be in my bed <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a better choice because I'm fucking falling asleep oh uh, same oh. so yeah so we both picked up uh, Smash Brothers uh, pre-ordered it got it on release day and it's rubbish isn't it ah uh, yeah I mean there's like no characters <laughs> yeah no characters nobody's no here Nobody's here. Uh, <laughs> you know, my, my go-to in the previous games, Tails got taken out, and they just put Sonic in instead, which, who cares about him? Um, <laughs> Goku from Dragon Ball Z didn't even make the cut. I know, I know. Joker uh, from Persona my... 5 is DLC, not even in the base game. Why is this garbage game? <laughs> my cats didn't make it into the game. You know, there's 
they've got three more DLC characters to announce, Mike. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't jump the gun. It's entirely possible. So <laughs> uh, no, yeah, of course we're taking the Mick. Um so this is they have got every character that was ever in Smash, am I correct? Yes. Yes, it is every single character. Even Snake, who was the one that was kind of people weren't sure would ever come back. Right. Because, you know, he's hard to get hold of. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's always hate. Um, Never answers the yes. codec anymore. <laughs> he just sits in his box like a cat. <laughs> I feel like it's because he's a third-party character and wasn't in the last one, so everyone assumed, all right, well, that just means that they couldn't get another deal for him, and so they don't have him. And then this one, they're like, now we have everyone, even Snake. Snake's in this. Yeah. Dice claimers are back. All yes, seven uh, links are in this one. Yeah, uh, you. Like but there's a lot of links. <laughs> yeah, it sometimes feels like there's seven. <laughs> uh, there's uh, the Street Fighter guys, Ken and Ryu back. Yeah. They... Uh, Ken's new. He is yes. Just, he is just a. They call them Echo Fires in this, but he is just a, a clone of Ryu. Plays the exact same. Um, but he looks different. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I've got it open just now. So like the new characters are Inkling from Splatoon. Yes. Who is actually quite fun. Really hard to play as though. <laughs> Inkling is one of those characters <laughs> that the moment they announced them, I was like, I'm going to play as Inkling all the time. That I played as Inkling, I was like, I'm never going to play as Inkling again. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was kind of the same. Um, which is how I used to be like with Snake. Like they announced Snake for Brawl, and I was like, I love Melgar Solid. I love Smash Bros. This is the best thing ever. And I played Snake and Brawl. And I was like, I'm never playing a Snake again. Um, but this game, I actually started playing Snake. Uh, Redley from the Metroid series, who has yeah. been kind of asked asked for by fans for quite some time now. So that's a good ad. Um, Ken, like you said. Simon and Richter Belmont from the Castlevania games. Yes, yeah. Uh, they're both also very, very good. I really enjoy playing as them. Uh, King Kirill from the Donkey Kong series. Yeah. He's pretty fun. Uh, I'm not very good with him. Uh, I have a good clip somewhere of Nathan beating me in a match online because he was playing as King Kirill and I was playing as Dice Climbers. And one of the things that King Kirill can do is he can like use his like blunderbuss to suck up your character and then fire them away. But right. Ice Climber is just two characters, and so he sucked up one of my characters and then they he like aims at a diagonal and shoots you to shoot you off the screen. But he aimed at a diagonal and shot me and shot my other ice climber out of the air. <laughs> and it's fucking fantastic. Um <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, Isabel from Animal Crossing. She's a dog. She has a fishing rod yes. that seems broken. I like her a lot. She's good. Um, Incineroar from Pokemon. Yes. Who's a grappler. He can grab people and punch them and stuff. He's quite good. I like him. One of his alternate colors turns him into Big the Cat from Sonic, which is good. Oh, really? Yeah. I've not. It's had a, a look at that. It's just a purple. It, it doesn't actually change them. It's just the same color scheme. It's like got that light purple and then dark purple. It's, oh yes, it's yeah. very clearly meant to be Big the Cat. Um, 
And then in terms of the other ones that are like Echo Fighters, like Ken, so just they're reskins, they're not actually new characters. There's Dark Samus, Daisy, uh Oh god, is there any more? Are any of the Fire Emblem characters new this time? Uh I'm yes. Uh Chrome new. Chrom, I think, is new, but uh Corin. Corin was DLC for four. Was she? Yeah, she was. Uh, she she was the one DLC I didn't buy. <laughs> oh right, just because I was like done with fucking Fire Emblem characters in Smash Bros at that point. But Corin's actually really good. She's the one Fire Emblem character that doesn't play like all the other Fire Emblem characters. Right, because um, she's got that weird like spear thing that sticks in the ground. Uh, yeah, it's a good roster. Like it has a stupid amount of characters on it, and they all play good. I think that's the other great thing about it is there's not a character that you play that you're like, wow, they really fucked up. Uh-huh. Jigglypuff well, this time. Wolf is new as well, is he not? Nah, Wolf's been in a few of them. Oh, has he? I think he might not have been in four. I don't remember. No, he wasn't. I uh, don't think he was in four. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. Four removed a lot of characters from Brawl. And then... And Brawl removed a lot of characters from Melee. And so this is the first time they're like, nope, everyone. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, like, on top of, you know, being there being so many characters, like, the game itself is just fantastic. I think it's the best playing Smash Brothers ever. It's definitely my favorite. Yeah, I like a lot of the a lot of the things that it does. Uh, the single player is it's back. Yeah, because this is the I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the reason I didn't stick with four was because the single player content was basically just non-existent. Yeah. Whereas this, there's so many different modes, and all of them are really good. Yeah, uh, the yeah because the they got rid of the what was it called the subspace emissary. Yeah, which they didn't even replace in four. Four, they were just like ah, we replaced it with nothing. We replaced it with a Mario Party board that sucks. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so you you've now got the uh, I'm just quitting out of it so I can actually go into it. The they've got two parts of it. There is the the world of light. Sp- yep, and, and then board. there's the the spirit board. Yeah, how far have you got into the world of light? Oh, I've done a bunch of stuff in it. Um, I don't know specifically how far. <laughs> I I got and I've done a couple of dungeons. Because there's dungeons in that mode, which is great. Because um, that that the thing about World of Light for people that are listening that haven't seen it, maybe it's like an open world or not an open world, but it's like a top down kind of. It's kind of like an RPG, like a really light RPG where you're going around this little overworld, and you're it's all you know set roads. You can't just wander around, but the roads are filled with these spirit fights that you fight, and. You some of them unlock new characters, some of them unlock spirits, which are like things that you can use to enhance your abilities, basically. Yeah. Uh, but the the kind of cool gimmick about it is that every spirit fight is different because they tailor them to who the spirit is. So the spirits are all characters from other games, not even just Nintendo games or games based around characters in Smash Brothers. It's just like, hey, here's Shantae, and it's like, why is Shantae in this? She's not in fucking any of these games. <laughs> um, but yeah, have you got to any of the dungeons in it? Uh, 
I'm not too sure. Like the dungeons um, are basically little entryways that take you to different maps, like little self-contained maps that usually unlock a character. Um, oh yes, yes. So I got to I got to the one where it takes you into is it kind of Sonic themed? Uh, oh, maybe I've not done that one. I believe. Uh, that. Yes, there's a. It takes you into. I'm pretty sure it's like Doctor Wily's place. Oh, like a Mega Man oh, one. Man. Um, yeah, I've done that. It, yeah, it's kind of got that futuristic place. Yeah. I've done that one. Yeah. I've done yeah. three of them, I think, so far. I've done that one. There's a Metal Gear Solid themed one. No, I've not done that one. Um, which is like just it, the, that one's quite good because it's got some like light puzzle solving and stuff. Um, so you're going through this little kind of facility to unlock Snake. Um, right. And then the other one I did, which is probably actually my favorite of them so far, is the Street Fighter one. Oh, okay. Because the Street Fighter one is a map of the world. And instead of having roads that connect all of the points together, every time you move to another point, it puts you in the little plane from Street Fighter 2 when it's going between the maps. And all of the fights are spirits of characters from, uh, from Street Fighter 2. Right. And, like, the Street Fighter music plays on it, and, you know, like... Blanca is like Donkey Kong, but he's got the green skin attached to him. Um, <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. And then you unlock Ryu at the end. Or it might be Ken, actually. It's probably Ryu, because who cares about Ken? Um, but some of those spirits are really funny. So like some of them are just really difficult, because it'll be like, ah, this is Beetle from Legend of Zelda. He just spawns these little beetle things, and it's fucking impossible. Um, yes, and I'm still stuck on that fight. That's why I've not been playing World of Light because that <laughs> fight annoys me so much. Um, but then some of them are just real dumb. Like, yeah, uh, Dan from Street Fighter. He'll just if you do the Dan spirit, uh, he just stands and taunts the whole time. <laughs> like he doesn't even right. attack; he just taunts. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I like. Um... I like that you know a lot of it is is challenging, and if you get to a certain area, either by dumb luck or you know, there the might be you don't have a certain spirit, and is that there's no way in hell you're actually going to get anywhere. So you know you can then go somewhere else on the map. Yeah, uh, I quite like that. Uh, it's yeah, uh, really good. How many characters have you unlocked as well? Like in the whole roster, I have everyone. Uh, no, I've I've done not in the, the roster, but yes, yeah. I think I have. I don't know, not as many as the full roster. Uh, let me check. I have loads. <laughs> oh wow! I do not. I have seven, fourteen. Oh. I've got oh, God. 24? 24. Really? Really? Yeah. I have. <laughs> I have. I've played a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I've played a lot, but I don't... I've not done that well. I've got one, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got ten. <laughs> I've cleared out like a big chunk of the board. 
Right. Um, I just really like it. It's such a fun mode I... just to pick up. And yeah. Play. You can just pick up, fight a spirit, and then be done. Yes. Uh, I, I think the way that I was, the kind of part of the map that I got to just was, it didn't have many people on it. Yeah. I definitely found that. Like, yeah. I, I definitely started. No, I went to kind of like the right hand side of the map to start with. Right, I, yeah. I didn't really find any characters for quite some time, and then I kind of moved towards the left hand side of the map and then found like tons of them all at once, basically. Yeah. So I think that's. Um, I was still busy kind of on the right hand side. Yeah. You can get so Captain I... Falcon over there if you go to the southeast because he's out I there. think I've. I think I've got Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon's quite good because he's at a racetrack. Yes, yeah, I've got that one. Uh, so I and uh, I'm just having a quick look to see who I've got. I've got uh, Mario, Donkey Kong, Yoshi, Kirby, Pikachu, Captain Falcon, Villager, Lucario, Doctor Mario, and the Wii Fit Trainer. I don't think I have Doctor Mario. I have the rest of them. <laughs> and I also have like yeah. Snake and bunch of other people right so when we were looking at this uh and you i think you picked up somewhere how long they said the the content was to last you within this uh this mode the the world of light is it like over 60 hours or something yeah i think if you do everything that's like 60 or 70 hours uh i think if you just mainline the kind of because there's certain things you need to do to get to the end of it because you're like trying to break down a barrier to go fight a big boss and yes i think that you can do a lot faster than that but i think it's supposed still supposed to be like in the tens of hours right which I yeah because i think I'll, do that. I'll, I'll finish it <laughs> i like it because I, I think i've done uh, i've done two of those yeah i think i've only done two as well because i've not found any more since i did those two um, yeah, I've just been running around collecting characters and unlocking shops, and you can unlock little gems to train your characters at. Yeah, um, which I didn't. I've not fully understand how they work. Which is like, it's weird. There's like two types where you can. There's the regular gems, which you can just place your spirits in, and they will just level up over time. Right. And then you go back to the gem and you collect them, and you have they'll just level up. Um. And then there's the there's like gems that train specific things, so it'll be like we're going to teach you the boulder style. This will increase your defense, and it's like I don't know what any of this means. I didn't know there were stats like this in this game. I'm not going to do this. Um, <laughs> those are the ones. Even now, I'm just like I don't know. Fuck this. I'm going to punch things. Um, but yeah, but even then, like World of Light is not even the only single player mode in this game. No, that no. Like, they redid the classic mode, and I think it's the best the classic mode has ever been. Because they they tailored it for every individual character, so you fight a specific wave of enemies, or, you know, one after the other uh, route of enemies. Yeah. Which is different for every single character, and every single character has usually some kind of theme to it. So, like, you know, I don't know specific ones, but... I think like Ridley fights all 
space people so you know it fights like you know samus and yeah bayonetta kind of fights monster all the the monstery characters yeah. um um the fire emblem guys tend to go for like the dragons and stuff yeah ryu is kind of one of the go-tos for my whenever i'm trying to like explain how different some of them can be because i think his is the most different because his is oh yeah uh, yeah, they're stamina fights instead of the usual percentage-based fights that every other yes. one is, and it plays Street Fighter music the whole time, and all of the levels are flat, and it's all fighters, and it's really fun. I really like his. Um, I'm trying to think of other good ones. the The Simon Belmont one ends with a boss fight against Dracula, that is basically just the boss fight from the end of. Uh, <laughs> Castlevania, like, he, like yes, Dracula yeah. has all the same patterns and stuff like that. Like he opens his cloak and fires the three fireballs out, and the, you know, the two diagonals of the straight one, like you'd expect. It's fucking good. He only takes damage if you hit his head. Like it is exactly like that boss fight, except they yeah. remade it with all this lovely new graphics. It's so good. Yeah, and then once you get once you get to a certain point as well, you think he's dead, and then he's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, like like the old school fights. I love it. Um, yeah, it's just such a good game. Yeah, I just spending a, quite a lot of time, like you said, it's one of those. It's uh, you can just pick it up, have a couple of fights, and then you know go back to it whenever you wish as well. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so. Shall we move on? Uh, let's talk about... Uh, let's see what we talk about. Uh, why don't you tell us about some... About what, sir? Wonder Song. Wonder Song. Cool. Um, Wonder Song is a puzzle platformer that came out for the Switch. And I actually keep meaning to look up when this actually came out. Because... I it came out this year, but it was a Kickstarter. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter from a while ago. Um, it came out in September, and it was it came out on Steam first, then came out on Switch, and it's just really, really good. It's like this really, it's quite simple platformer. Um, it's kind of like a mix of puzzle platformer and like adventure game, because there's a lot of going around talking to people and you know solving their problems like going and collecting items for them and things like that um it's you know like if monkey island was a puzzle platformer and it's got the main mechanic is like you are this little bard and you use the right analog stick to sing so you point it in certain directions and there's like eight different directions you can point it in and it opens up a little color wheel to kind of let you know what you know what note you're hitting and also you know because the notes are all color coded, a lot of times it doesn't really matter what note you're hitting, it matters that you're hitting green or you're hitting red. And you use that for solving puzzles. So some of them would just be simple as you find a ledge that's too high up for you to jump onto, and you hear a bird singing next to it, and it shows you next to the bird singing, like the direction that its, you know, its chirps are going in. And then you sing by pointing your analog stick in those directions as well, the bird comes over to you and then the bird lifts you up and so you can jump slightly higher. And so it's just a little 
love like solving little puzzles like that and it's really nice um, right but the main thing that's really good about it is just the writing so i picked this up around christmas a little bit after christmas i think um because i had some christmas money and some leftover coins from buying smash brothers and so i was like okay gonna buy this and i ended up finishing it over new year like i literally was up up late in new year as you are because it's new year yes and i was like well i can stay up another few hours and finish this (laughs) because it's not even like a short game like it's a decent length game um i don't know the exact time i would want to guess probably around like eight or nine hours maybe ten like you know it's like it's it's a decent sized game it's a you know a full game that's like three kirpies um but it's the thing that's good about it or so good about it is the writing in it so you go to all these different areas because the the core conceit is that you're this little bard that at the start of the game has a dream and in the dream he picks up this magic sword that is clearly like this big heroic excalibur kind of sword and clearly struggles to carry it and then your little analog stick, like your color wheel thing that you use for singing, is replaced just with a bunch of sword icons. Right. Just going in different directions. So you can point the sword in different directions, but you can barely lift it, so it doesn't really work. And then like this big evil boss shows up and you hit it with the sword and the sword breaks. And the big evil boss turns into this little fairy girl and she's like, Ah, this was just this was just a test to see if you were the, the destined hero. But you're not Oh well. <laughs> That's nice. Also, the universe is going to end, but you can't do anything about it because you're not the hero. So, I'll see you. And then you just wake up and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you find out basically the world, the world is ending because the god that created the world has kind of, uh, they set I think it's sex overseers to overlook the world, and over time, just naturally, they become these kind of corrupt things that spawn monsters and so when that starts happening the the god sends a hero a destined hero to go and destroy all of these overseers which will also destroy the world and then replaces it with a new one and your character's like but i live here so i'd rather that didn't happen i quite like this world thank you and so goes and decides to sing their way out of it by putting together a song called the earth song which they have to learn pieces from each of these progressively more and more like evil overseers to try and like fix the world instead of getting it destroyed. And it's just so good because it just sets up this whole thing where you're going to all these different areas that are just, you know, really unique from each other. Like you start in this kind of little village out in the woods that's, you know, just a kind of little humble village that's being plagued by ghosts. And so you have to help them deal with their ghost problem. Uh, you go to uh, one of the kind of the weirder areas. You go to like a, a a city that is uh, it's like a factory town, and like it has this massive factory in the center of the town that everyone works at. But as a result, everything is scheduled, so it's got like a kind of like Majora's Mask style timer that is constantly ticking down, and it's got this like day night cycle of certain people will be in certain parts of the town at this exact hour, and so. It played completely differently from the rest of the game, and it's really weird and really good. 
Uh, you go on a pirate ship with some pirates that all drink coffee, which is pretty good. It's just really charming and lighthearted and funny. And yeah, I don't know. I really recommend it. It's, it's just so good. <laughs> it's so good that it broke Steam's review like system. Which was kind of right. Like, apparently, yeah, I remember yeah. talking about this. Apparently you couldn't do certain things on Steam with it because it thought that there it had been review bombed with high scores and actually it was just that it got reviewed well. <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend it. It's out on Switch. It's coming to PS4 soon. Uh, All right, okay. And Xbox One as well. Uh, but they just announced that the other day. But honestly, it's just... We say about pretty much every game, but it's really good on Switch. Like, it's not, you know, the most technically advanced graphics or anything like that. It's got a kind of cute kind of 2D, like, almost kind of papercraft style, kind of like the Paper Mario games. Right. So, like, it, you know, it scales down to the Switch really well, scales down to handheld mode really well. I played most of it handheld, actually. Um, cool. So, yeah, definitely recommend that. That's Wonder Song. Um, speak of light-hearted, fun, kind of charming games, you've been yes. playing some Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Oh yes, yes, all uh, of those fan- things. <laughs> yes, uh, a fan family fun game. That's it. So, <laughs> so for anyone that's not too sure, uh, Bandersnatch is the latest episode of the television series Black Mirror, which was bought out by Netflix. Yes. And different Yes, yeah. And the special thing about this one is that it's an interactive episode. It's without going too much into the story and things like that, the way that this plays is it's a choose your own adventure episode. Yeah. So you're watching the, the show and given choices and you know what to do. The way that the game, or the game, that the program has got three, uh, there's there's three or four different sort of set outcomes you can get to, but there are different ways that you can get there. There's also uh, certain endings where it's not the ending. Basically, it's the same as the old Choose Your Adventure books, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm-hmm. Which are referenced um, in it, and they are being sued yeah. over. Uh, why? <laughs> because the Choose Your Adventure books is like a licensed thing, and they were like, "We don't want to be associated with this." Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think specifically yes, because cool. the Choose Your Own Adventure, like the one they describe, is not something they would publish. Yes, yeah, yeah, because the Choose Your Own Adventure. It was at TSR at one point, so it's kind of the guys that originally had the Dungeons and Dragon license and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, quite a wholesome. You know, there was all and dragons, and you know, you could get eaten by dragons and stuff like that. Yeah. But this is a slightly a bit more mature. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, the the story of this is. Uh, 
again, it's Brooker's influence who basically came up with Black Mirror and he still plays quite a bit in helping with the storylines and things like that. So it's to do with video games, the video game industry. It's in the 80s. Uh, so there's sometimes it plays on tropes from video games of that era and also the, you know, the kind of game book system as well. Yeah. Uh, some of the choices in the series that you can make, when you used to play the books, uh, you the, the books would self-reference themselves as well. They would also break the fourth wall in certain places. Uh, some of the books were notoriously hard and sometimes you would you get fed up um, because it was possible to play these games or read these books and you would end up going in circles or you wouldn't be able to get somewhere so you would maybe see a choice or you would to a page and go fuck it I'm going to read this page and the page would say how did you get here this page is, isn't referenced to any of the <laughs> obviously cheating so yeah that does things like that. There's choices within Bandersnatch that do that as well, and it does. It is heavily, you know, it's heavily, heavily influenced by those those books of that time. There's things that happen. Um, the the actors break the fourth wall in certain uh, choices that you make. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's not. It's not the best, probably because it's one of the first. You know, it's not like Night Trap or a, a full motion game. You know, uh, like uh, Doctor Decker or the, the shapeshifting detective. It's nothing like that. It is this whole interactive movie thing. What yeah. do you want the characters to do next? And it is quite good, but. <laughs> It's it is it's obviously aimed at one thing and that is, you know, the, the, the old video game and yeah. game book uh industry from, from the eighties and it does reference that heavy heavily. Uh and it's it's interesting. I'd like to see them have a stab at it. Uh but it was nice. It was quite good. Have you played it yet, Kieran? Have you watched it? I played bit of it. I need to go back and actually just do the rest of it because I kind of wasn't really into it. Um, right. But I think the bit where I wasn't really into it is I'm just not really into Black Mirror that much. Um, like, I think it's alright, but it never really you know, clicked with me the way it clicked with everyone else. I, yeah. I respect it for being good, but it's not really my thing. Um, <laughs> which is a shame because it seems on like every front like I it would. should definitely be my thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those where it's a bit hit and miss with me. There's certain things of it that I love, certain episodes that I really like, and then there's some of them where I go, uh, no, I don't get it. Yeah, there's some I really like. I think it's become more miss than hit for me since Netflix picked it up. Um, like I, I think I like the Channel Four stuff a bit more, but right. That's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit and go through the rest of this because I did like, you know, what level I played. I just it just didn't stick with me enough to finish. It. Cool. I want to go back and watch some real high quality TV shows like Winona Earp. You know, none of this. None <laughs> of this thinking bullshit. I want someone shooting zombies. 
<laughs> just some mindless pretty much <laughs> well speaking of mindless violence uh, why don't you tell us about Kingdom Two Crowns? Kingdom Two Crowns is the exact opposite of mindless. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Kingdom Two Crowns is the sequel to Kingdom New Lands, which was one of our favorite games last year. Um, yes, it was great. One of my most played Switch games of all time. Kingdom Two Crowns is more Kingdom. Um, I don't think I'm pretty sure we haven't had a podcast since. Have we talked? I don't think we've talked about Kingdom since it came out. Um, no. But yeah, so Kingdom Two Crowns is more Kingdom, but it's the changes it makes are interesting because I think for starters they made it a bit fairer. Like it's not as overly difficult as the first game was. Um, for starters, because they got rid of permadeath, so instead of the way it used to work was you traveled to an island you built up a little base for people don't know it's like a 2d side scroller that you're building up a city it's basically a 2d city like city builder they combined like a, a not even a platformer but that that style of 2d you can only move left to right and you're building up a little city and you're building up defenses for it because you get attacked by monsters every night and in the first game when you died you started back at the first island because there are multiple islands of progressively harder difficulty um, and you had to rebuild and then travel out again. The way Kingdom Two Crowns works is that that still happens. If you die, you get sent back to the first island, you lose all your shit. Yes. Except you don't lose all of your shit because all of the people you... or all all the buildings you built except for your walls in that island are still there so all the upgrades you've got are still there all the the towers you built are all still there uh the people are all still there but they don't have specific jobs but they're you know kingdom had three levels of people they had uh like homeless people that lived out in a little you know they would set a little fire out in the woods a little camp you could give them money they'd come back to your camp and then yes. you could assign a job to them just by paying money to put those jobs up for availability, basically, and they'd pick up the one they were nearest to. And so you can turn them into like archers or farmers or builders or whatever. So you basically had those kind of like three tiers of people. You had, you know, the, the homeless people, the, the workers, and you know, the actual people with jobs. When you come back to your island all the people you'd hired before and given jobs won't have jobs anymore, but they will still be in that kind of middle status. So they'll still be kind of hanging about in your city waiting to get jobs. So you can go in, find some money, and then instantly just rebuild your walls and get jobs for them, and you're going. Like There's no more of this kind of slogging through the first kind of easy you know, island to get the ones that you, you know, died on before. It is just... Everything's still here. Rebuild your walls, gather some money, and get the fuck off this island again. And it's way faster. It gets you way back into the actual interesting part of the game, which I really like. Um, Cool. There's way more upgrades and stuff, and all the upgrades are permanent once you unlock them and go across all of the islands. So, for example, uh, 
the start you can only build wooden walls. And this was a thing in the first game as well where the, the upgrade to build stone walls from wooden walls isn't on the first island. It's the same in this one. It was like that in the first one. And the only way you can get it is by going to the second island. And then the first one, it just meant the first island you could never build stone walls. It just wasn't possible because that's just not how it, it wasn't on the first island you couldn't do it. And the second one, if you get that on the second island, it counts for every single island. Not every island has a stone upgrade. It is just the second island that has it. And once you have it, you can build stone things. So you can get on your ship and leave that island. And instead of going to the next island, you can go back to the first one and upgrade all your walls. Make them all stone if you want. Right. Um, so it's it's made it into this thing where the best path forward is not necessarily always to build your boat and get off the island and go to the next level. It's sometimes get all the upgrades, build your boat, and then go back to the previous level because now you're slightly overpowered for it because you can build stone walls uh, and you can upgrade your knights to an extra level above and that kind of thing. Uh, right, which is the that was the kind of thing that I would have liked to have done in the first kingdom. That that would have been my idea, you know, get stronger somewhere else and then come back and just walk all over the top of everyone. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm really liking it so far. Um, I don't know. It's that weird thing where I, I don't think these changes are actually that big. Like when you're playing it, when you're playing it, you're just like, oh, this is just Kingdom again. Like they haven't changed that much. Like the stuff they changed in the structure isn't, it doesn't feel that big. It does change the game quite a lot, but it doesn't, at its core, you're still, you know, minute to minute, it's Kingdom. You're still you know, spending the nights inside the walls because you're being attacked by monsters outside it and you're clearing out one direction because it goes towards a dock and you're building up better defences in the other direction because it goes towards the mountain where all the monsters spawn from and you can't destroy. At least that's how I played it. I usually cleared out one side and then knew monsters will never, never spawn from this side anymore so I can just go over here and do whatever I want at night now. Um... Which still is a valid strategy. Um, you can actually destroy mount. So this other change they kind of made is you can actually destroy the mountain that the monsters spawn out of now, which is right. kind of the advantage of going into forward like harder islands, getting upgrades, and coming back. Is I destroyed the monsters in the first island because I went to. Is your third or the fourth island? You unlock the ability to upgrade to a level above stone. And once you do that, it unlocks an upgrade for your knights to make them stronger, and then also upgrades uh, or opens in a, an area that you can use to build a bomb. And it's this just giant bomb. And if you build that, then you can send your knights towards the mountain, and they'll go and stand outside the mountain until you show up, and then when you show up, they all walk inside carrying this giant bomb and blow it up. And it's really cool! And then you can do that on all the islands. And the, but it gets progressively harder. But it's got this actual end state now, which is really cool. Because the game, first game might have had it. I didn't finish all the islands, so I don't know. But like individual islands didn't have it. The goal in the first one was just get off the island. Yes, yeah. Get to the next area. Yeah, stay alive long enough to build your boat to get off this island. And this one now is like, that's still kind of the point. But also... 
stay alive long enough to build your boat. But also, if you want to just, you know, save this island, you can do that. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm going to play more of it. It is, again, it is scratching the same itch as the first game because it is essentially the first game for the most part. Um, there's like a bunch, of, all the changes are really relatively small in the grand scheme of things, but they kind of, they add up to things like there's, um, winter isn't permanent anymore. Oh, okay. Which is a big change because in the first one you were, that was kind of the reason that you were rushing to try and get your boat ready because at a certain point winter would come during winter. And that was it. Yeah. Because during winter, uh, rabbits don't come out so your hunters don't gather food which there isn't actually any resources except for money but you know they won't gather money uh your uh fishermen i don't think there's fishermen in the first one actually they added fishermen in this one um your farmers like all your farms will die because it's winter that kind of thing basically there was no way to get more money which meant at a certain point you would run out and wouldn't be able to work on your boat and winter never ended in the first one so if you didn't get off the island before winter started you were kind of boned Yes. Uh, and this one, winter, will, I think it's a random amount of time, but it will go away. So it has this more of a thing where it's like, okay, well, I need to. I can see that winter is coming, so I should stock up for it. But I don't necessarily need to rush to build my boat. I should just upgrade my walls, make sure I've got enough people to defend it, and then I'm going to bunker down for a while and hopefully, you know, survive. Um, which is good. It's, it's a different feeling, but it's, a, it's still a really good one. So I'm enjoying it a lot. I recommend it if you like the first one. Um, but you maybe also don't necessarily need it if you still like playing the first one. Right. Because again, the changes aren't that massive. There's a few things that are really good and a few things that are just whatever. Um, there was a big bug up until recently, so I've not been playing a lot of it, but the new update apparently fixes it, where... You know when you upgraded your archers to knights, they would basically grab like three other archers and be like, okay, we're a squad now. Yes. And then you could go up to a flag and you could pay four coins and it sent that squad out to go and destroy portals. Which stopped oh, right. spawning. There was a bug up until relatively recently where if you had already built your boat, when you sent a squad out, they would not move forward and attack a portal. Instead, they would go into your boat and just sit there forever. Oh, okay. And so it ended up with this thing where it's like, well, I've built my boat, but I can't do anything. Because you need money to leave on your boat as well. So it's like, I can't do anything. I don't, I don't have money to leave. And my boat's just there with all my people in it now. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> um, but they have apparently fixed that, so that's good release. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, Kingdom of Two Crowns. It's on Switch. It's on PC. I assume it's on everything actually, because I think Kingdom came out on everything. Um, it also has co-op. I've not tried that yet. That's probably good. Um, I don't know how that'd really work, but hey. Speak of things that I don't know how they'd really work. What if they mashed up Tetris and Luminous? Uh, then you you probably wouldn't see Mike for a while. I mean, it's been, what, a week? It's not that long. <laughs> yeah. It's not that long. <laughs> not even a week yet. How are you enjoying Tetris Effect, Mike? 
it's rubbish. Uh, it's about as bad as Smash Brothers. So, <laughs> Tetrafake came out and it was one of those where I think you and I both said, I want to get it, but we were waiting for the price to come down yeah. during sort of the, the holiday period, Christmas and New Year. Yeah, and because like Sony, in particular on the PS4, like did a bunch of price drops for stuff that had like just came out and so i was like well i can't buy anything then because it's going to get a price drop so like i bought soul Calibur, and then a few weeks later it was like a third off i bought uh battlefield 5 and a few weeks later it was like a third off so i was like i'm not gonna buy tetris effects it's probably gonna be like a third off and it wasn't <laughs> yeah so um it didn't happen Mm-hmm. And then Game of the Year came, and uh, you bought it, and you hadn't told me. Yeah. Um, I think you did it on purpose just to see what I would do. I also finished uh, it and hadn't told you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I got a chance to play your copy when we were recording for Game of the Year. And just, it's excellent. So, it is, the only way to describe it is, the way that you just said, it's a cross between Tetris and Lumens. Yeah. You've got your basic Tetris mode and you the game is split up into various levels and four levels make up what they call an area. Mm-hmm. Each area, uh, sorry, each level, you have to complete 36 lines. Um, yeah. As you get well, more lines. Part. Yeah, for most of them, yeah. For... Uh, as you get more lines close to the 36 target, um, the excuse me, the level speeds up, so the game will speed up and slow down within certain points as well. Yeah. Uh, but the, the main thing is each of these levels has a different background and different music. Yeah. And the, as you get closer to the 36, the music also changes as well. Uh, there is also vibration of the controller, so it's kind of a raise thing going on as well. Mm. So everything reacts to, you know, how far you are in each level. That's pretty much it. Doesn't sound very in, <laughs> but it's absolutely fantastic. The visuals are really cool. The music, loving the music. It does that. That thing we were talking about this, I don't know if we spoke about it on the when we were recording for Game of the Year, but it does that thing where the first song you hear is like the best <laughs> from if you remember if you yeah. ever played Lumens. Yeah. Uh, the the first one was uh, Shining, and then there was the the Heavenly Star, which was on one of the Vita versions. It was one of the early songs, mm-hmm. and again one of the best songs. Yeah, the the music is really strong and just a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, once you've played through, is it six or seven areas that's you unlocked everything? I think so, yeah. yeah it's, it's that thing where it doesn't feel that long when you're playing it, but actually when you think about it, it's like, oh, actually, that's those were a bunch of songs. That's still <laughs> If I play all these all in a row, which you can do once you've finished it. Um, yes. You know, it's it's a decent, it's a decent chunk of time. Yeah, uh, but then it's also additional modes. Like there's a kind of puzzle mode uh, similar to what Puyo Puyo Tetris had, um, where like it has like a preset stack of blocks, and you have to 
rotate the things you're given to clear lines every time. Um, it has you know just the usual Tetris modes. Like it's got like an endless mode. It's got like a you know first hundred lines mode, etc., etc. It's you know a fully fleshed Tetris game, and also this yes. really cool weird visualizer thing that mixes up like matches the Tetris to the music in such a fucking weird and cool way. I don't know, it's just really good. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it is. It, I think it's it's really good because it is so simple as well. Yeah, definitely. The You have got the... So once you finish the... What do they call that? The explore mode, then it's... Is it journey yeah, or... It's journey, yeah. Yeah, that's the journey, and then there's the explore. And did you play Lumens on the Vita? think so so it had this thing where there was a goal set and there was so many blocks so there was a, a goal that so many blocks had to be cleared and it was a worldwide goal it was everyone that was playing lumens basically contributed to this yes it was like the cube in that peter molyneux game that's right yeah <laughs> kind of yeah yeah a bit like that so, um, yeah, this one, you, you know, you played the game and then you through you could go to a menu and find out how much you had contributed or uh, after every mode, it would tell you, uh, by the way, you've contributed so many blocks to get in, you know. Yeah. This does that as well. It's got that kind of thing where you need to earn points and you do that by, they tell you that the, the challenge is based on focus. So there's various challenges. You might need to play a certain playlist of games, yeah. uh, you know, with the, the music um, and do that. Or yeah, there's... Uh, modes or do specific like, songs or yeah. things like that. And uh, depending on your score, that gets turned into points and it goes towards the grand total. And at one point, you come. I'm not too sure what you get for it. I think you maybe just unlock avatars and things. I think you mainly just unlock avatars, which avatars are a thing you barely even really see. They like in the background will be kind of flying around the earth (laughs) that you can see occasionally they will pop up with like your friends' names over them. Yes, yeah. Uh, but they don't really do much. Uh, but they have done other stuff in the past. So the very first weekend, which I missed because obviously I didn't buy this at launch. The very first weekend, people who uh, took part in it unlocked uh, the, the, the an original Game Boy theme for playing Tetris. Like just another oh. one of those skins. Right. And it's all like, you know, green monotone um, playing the Game Boy Tetris music. Which seems really cool. Apparently yes. you also unlock that if you... Like, there's an experience bar that goes up as you keep playing. Apparently if you max that out, you also unlock that. So, I need, All play, right, okay. I need to play way more Tetris, from the sense of it. Yes. And you start grinding Tetris. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, just brilliant game. Um, and really glad you forced me into getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you would get it. I thought you'd play it because I knew it was going to show up in the Game of the Year stuff, and I was like, you need to play this first. Cause... Yes. Because I didn't want to give you Tetris spoilers, you know. 
this this deep lore. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, but yeah, really good. So cool, excellent. Um, shall I quickly talk about the Forza Horizon Four Fortune Island? Yes, I mean that's not what you wrote in this document, but yes. No, uh, yeah, I wrote Forza Horizon Three. <laughs> obviously wanted to go back in time I knew which game you meant I want to go back yeah. in time because that was a better game oh, oh. shots fired so I, did, I just like the setting <laughs> you do I like the whole uh, stuff oh yeah that was awesome so this DLC is called Fortune Island and it's I, I, I don't think it's based on it any island it, I don't think it is anyway yeah I don't think it's basically island. Like a real island it's just a kind of generic yeah. British generic island I- yes the uh, the big thing that they're doing in this one is a couple of things they've got a dramatic weather effect so there's thunderstorms thunder lightning storms and extreme rain and stuff like that yeah. on this island which is really cool looks very very good they also have um, these treasure chests scattered around the island, and you have to earn, you know, a certain amount of experience points, and then you unlock a clue, and it gives you this cryptic clue. You have to decipher what the clue is, and normally, what it gets you to do is normally take part in one of the in- events around the island in a specific car. Once you do that, you then, that's you, you solve the riddle, well done. And then you get given a snapshot, you know, like a Polaroid picture of where this treasure chest is hidden. Mm -hmm. And you then need to go to, you know, try and drive about and match up what you're seeing from your car with the the snapshot and find the treasure. That's quite cool. Yeah, really cool. Good fun. Is the and treasure something get... good, or is it like novelty horns, like everything else in that fucking game? It's a million credits. Oh my god. That's useless. Ten... <laughs> <laughs> and there is ten, uh, ten treasure chests, so you can end up with ten million credits. It would have been way funnier if it's like if you <laughs> dug it up and it was like a treasure chest that was massive and it just had a car in it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I want. I want it to be like the Basically, just the barn finds, except you're digging them up. Or, or if it was, got this treasure chest, opened it up, and it was a tartan hat. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, no, I am done. Yeah. So, yeah, you've, you know, apart from all the different races on the end, things like that, the the treasure hunts, the, the thing where you can get a million credits per chest, and to solve some of the the riddles for the first time they have you spending money so right. normally when you're you know when you're doing some of the 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 main events in the story you it's possible to do it without spending money you can get it from you can do it with the cars that you win from the spins and from the events and things like that yeah and this is one of the first time i think it's one of the first times where they, you know, they make you spend money to go forward in the game. Yeah, I don't which is, I think that's alright. It, it, it's okay. It's getting you to. It's forcing you to buy a specific car, but 
they've just given you a million credits and it's not very expensive cars as well. Yeah, that's the thing if they're they're throwing money out like that anyway. Yes, yeah. Uh and it forces you to you know buy some of the other car- some of the cars that you prob you may not buy because it Forza Horizon has always had this massive garage of cars available and no, I've played, you know, hundreds of hours of three and hundreds of hours of two. But the, the cars that I use is a very limited stable of cars. This way, you know, you're getting a you know, maybe an hour out of cars that you wouldn't use before. Yeah. Which is quite cool. Um really enjoyable. It's more Forza Horizon and some of the events are quite fun they add a new a new event as well a scramble destination scramble or i can't remember what it but basically what it is is you you're driving along you find a gate and you drive through the gate and you have to get from where you are to a destination the destination's highlighted and you have to get there any by any means necessary so you're you know driving through fields, through rivers, over, mm. you know, off canyons and stuff like that. Um, I feel like 3 quite... had those. Yes! I think I... Or at least I think that's just how I drove in 3. That's how I drove in 3. <laughs> in th- <laughs> three yeah, but... three was like, I'm an outback, I'm just going to fucking smash through this wall and then just start driving <laughs> over all these goddamn hills. Yeah, it's basically what I do, because I get fed up at one point of driving along the road and it's like, you know, from where I am right now and the next event that I want to take part in is on the other side of the map. Yeah. And it's like 20 miles, but as the crow flies, it's only like two miles. Yeah, so fly like a crow. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so get in a car and just smash through everything. But you're now having to do it against the clock as well. And the route has been designed specifically with that in mind. So they, they put in some epic jumps. They put in some real cool hazards and things like that. It's a really well thought out piece of DLC. That's cool. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100% sure how much it costs because I bought the, you know, the all singing, all dancing version. Again, a, Horizon is one of the games that I'll do that with. So if you speak to me, I'm going to try to buy all the DLC for Horizon when it does come out. <laughs> but yeah, you should check it out if you have enjoyed Forza Horizon 4 as well. Yeah. It adds a little bit more and a tiny bit of variety in it as well. Nice. So cool. Uh, Kieran, you have got one last game to tell us about. Tell us all about Rayman Legends. Yeah. So Which this, is- this game's ancient. Um... Yeah, you... I was going to say you've not you've played this before, have you not? No, I played Rayman Origins, which was the one they did before. I never picked up Rayman Legends, despite the fact I liked Rayman Origins. I think we got Origins on PlayStation Plus at one point or something. Right. Or maybe I rented it. Maybe it was back when I was renting games. Regardless, like I don't own it. Like I I got it and played through it and really enjoyed it. Uh, but I never picked up Legends just because I didn't. I don't. I enjoyed it, but I don't like the Rayman games enough to be like, well, I'm going to go out and buy this now. Um, but a game being something that I'm not go- thinking I'm going to go out and buy this now is perfect as a Christmas present. And so I got it for Christmas this year. Um, 
Rayman Legends is like the second of their kind of of this revival of Rayman games. It's it's just more of that kind of UBR, like really nice two D, really nicely animated style. Like it's the same engine they used for Rayman Origins and for that World War One game they did. Uh, whose name I can't remember. What's he? Uh, oh, I something like that. Valiant Harris. Yeah. Valiant, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, That's uh, the one with the dog. Yeah, that one. So it's like that engine. So it looks like that. It looks really nice and pretty and animated and stuff. Um, it's obviously a lot lighter hearted than that because Rayman's not. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Dark game like that. Um, but it's just a really solid platformer. I'm playing it on Switch. It was a Switch launch game, I believe. And even then, it was already like a year and a half old. Um, but it looks great on the Switch. Works really well, handheld and docked. It's got tons and tons of content. Um, that's kind of part of the reason I've been playing it. Like, obviously, because I got it for Christmas, I was going to play it anyway. Um, but just I've been, I've had the kind of itch to play a you know, 2D platformer recently, partly because Awesome Games Done Quick was last week. And so I've been right. watching people beat games very quickly, and a lot of times they're 2D platformers. And so people were like, play through that Donkey Kong game that's on the Switch, and I was like, ah, I could buy that, but it's like 40 quid. I don't know if I can really afford 40 quid. And I was like, I've got Rayman there. I should play Rayman. That's a really good 2D platformer. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, so we played through a bunch of that, and I'm really enjoying it. Um,. Did you watch any games done quick? I no, I didn't know. Uh, I watched too much of it. I think some <laughs> of the, some of the standout stuff was like that Donkey Kong speedrun was really good. They did a speedrun of Octopath Traveler, a game that you and I have both spent tens of hours in. Yes. And they beat it in an hour. And it's like what? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I that just boggled the mind yeah, i watched that it was really interesting to watch the way they kind of they they cheese that game um and it's it's kind of relatively safe to watch as well because obviously they're playing as fast as they can so they're skipping off through all dialogue and cutscenes and stuff so there's no spoilers um right the only spoilers are obviously like locations and fights and even then it's only for uh tessas because that's the that's the way they cut it down to only being an hour is that they only do one of the stories which makes sense Right. I'm sure somewhere, someone, some, <clears throat> somewhere down the line will do, uh, you know, like all stories run or something like that <laughs> that goes through everything. Um, but for that, not. But yeah, um, the only game we have left on this list is a brand yes. new release. Yes, came uh, out never... last week. Yes. This is not even a lie. It's completely true. No, it <laughs> came out last week on the Switch. Switch finally has a racing game worth talking about. Tell me about Outrun. Yes. So, uh, it's the Sega Ages. Uh, yeah, I must uh, remember. Yeah, it's Sega Ages version of Outrun for the Switch, and it's awesome. I love me some Outrun. I have I bought the the, uh, the 3D version that they did for the 3DS a little while back, 
Um, and it's one of the best uses I had seen of the 3D and the 3DS. Yes, that's how I feel as well. Like as someone who's always very skeptical about 3D and 3DS and never really thought it was a particularly good gimmick, everyone was one of the few things I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, this is good. Cool. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so this is slightly different. It is a more cutback version of the game. All right. Yeah, it's got uh, just two modes. So you've uh, got the old game and new game. And the basically the difference between those two is the maps. You know, when you, you go from the, the areas, uh, when you choose the areas and the maps, they're slightly different. Uh-huh. Uh, the version on the 3DS, when you played it, once you... Once you did a couple of races, it would unlock things that would help you unlock further in the game so you could get uh, better steering, uh, a, a better acceleration, so you went faster, you had better braking, and there was a couple of other things for the life of me, I can't remember what they are. They're in this game as well, but how you get them is you need to finish an area you know, so you need to do the six races. Yeah. So it's like kind of, game. which I believe is like how the original Mega Drive version worked. Yes. I think it is just, I, I think this think, is the the thing they are pushing with these Sega Ages releases are, these are perfect emulations of these old games with some improvements, usually in terms of, you know, you know, scaling them up and making them look nice and things. Yeah. So um, you, I believe yeah, this has some they, of the run two music in it is like one of the things they added, but yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's open. You can play it as you remember it in the arcades, hard as hell. And uh, there's, I don't think there was continues in the original. No, there wasn't. Um, yet, yeah, uh, so you can play it uh, that way. You can make it a little bit easier for yourself, give yourself more time. And I, yeah, I did that i gave myself a little bit more time it didn't help i gave myself a little bit more time it didn't help i could only get like three and four uh, stages done and then i gave myself maximum amount of time which is 99 seconds to start with and then you get 60 seconds added to whatever you've got left and you hit the end of each stage which normally around about 99 bumps you back up to 99 seconds allows you to do the six stages and then you can unlock these, you know, the better steering, the brakes and things like that. Yeah. And so what I did was unlocked uh, the better steering and the acceleration and then put the time back down. <laughs> and it's just, it's Outrun. I love Outrun. I love music. It's... The music is great. Outrun has yeah. some of the, just the best goddamn music. Yeah, a magical show, uh, sound wave. Uh, the Pacific Breeze is it? Passing Breeze, Splash Wave, all of those things excellent. There is the Midnight Highway uh, which was from the Outrun 2 there is Step on Beat Arcade Edition I think that was Outrun 2 as well which came from an arcade version and then there's a couple of uh, remixes as well all right. So there's your dr- the driver's mega mix 
one, which I'm pretty sure was Outrun 2, and it took like Magical Soundwave and, and you know, gave it a, a kind of updated uh, remix to it, mm-hmm. which was quite cool. Um, nothing more to say. It's excellent. It's going for six ninety nine at the moment as well. Definitely worth your money. Uh, I would say uh, go buy it, pick it up. Uh, yeah, it's you. You'll like it. I like uh, Outrun. I, <laughs> I have yeah. other ways to play Outrun, but you know, I'll probably still buy. Yeah. So there's uh, some of the things you can do. You can change the displays on it so you can make it the widescreen or you can change it so it looks like you're playing in an arcade cabinet. All right. So it, sh- it shrinks the display. You can, um, the display effect, so you can have like, you know, the scan line so it looks an old, looks like an old CRT. Yeah. They've got smoothing. So they smoothed out all the, the graphics as Ugh. they take away a lot of the... Ugh. It looks. It's weird. I hate, it's weird. I hate those Smith and Filler stores. They look so bad. This one, this one doesn't actually look that bad. All right, I haven't seen this one before. I just mean they generally tend to be every like emulation pack has it. It's like you can smooth out the edges, and it's like, but these are sprites. That's not. Yeah, that's not how they work. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's like when when you see it, and it's like. That doesn't look like Outrun anymore because I remember, uh, you know, the way that this looks is how I I played it in the arcades and yeah. you know in shops. Yes, um, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's a classic, um, and if you haven't played it, shame on you. They should make a new Outrun. Well, I I really liked Outrun Two when and was uh, that was an original Xbox game, wasn't it? I don't think I've played any Outrun games except for the first one. Oh, really? Yeah. Outrun Two is really good. It had cool modes added to it. So, if you think of the Sonic Tennis game or the yeah, the Sega Tennis game that yeah. they had, and you know how it had the special modes. Where you, you know, there was a something would happen. It would tell you you had to return the ball with a certain shot, yeah, um, and you had to hit certain things and do things. That was that kind of idea was in Outrun because it would uh, you would drive along and certain parts of the the map would be divided into sections. And you had to collect these smiling faces. You could only collect them when you were doing a spin. Mm. So they kind of put like drifting into it. Now, don't let that put you off it. Like it drifting. was, it was in for that, you know, for that that section of the game, that type of game. Yeah. Um, and then it would have you, you could, you had to pass certain number cars in the section. Or you could only drive on one side of the road, or you had to be doing a speed or a certain gear. You had to be in a certain gear or something. And it was really good. Uh, it added a hell of a lot to it. And it, it was one of those I didn't think about it for a while. And I heard some of the music in this, and I thought, shit, Outrun 2. <laughs> and I started looking to see if I could find it, and no. No, maybe they'll um, port it as well. These they said they want to do more than just Mega Drive games with these. Like I think they originally announced they were going to put 
they were going to do some Sega Saturn stuff and some Dreamcast stuff and stuff. So maybe they'll get there. Yeah. Maybe we'll get cool. Outrun Two on Switch. Probably, uh, not, but maybe. No, I I don't know if Microsoft had a a hand in making the game. Uh, maybe. Because that it was the it was that think... that era of the original Xbox where all of Sega's games were coming out on the Xbox. Yes, yeah. We got um, like Crazy Taxi and uh, the what was the sequel to Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Fusion? Uh, was Jet Grind Radio? Uh, with... I think it was. It was Jet Set F- Jet Grind. Jet, Jet Set, Set Radio. Future was the sequel. Jet Set Radio was the original. Yes, I think yes. Yeah, and that was the Xbox game. Yeah. Um, so cool. So that's. If we got anything else to talk about um i didn't put any board games on here but actually i played unlock oh yeah that may be worth cool. mentioning um we've talked about unlock on here before it's a set of different card decks that all have they're all escape rooms or you know escape room themed um yes and the way it works is there's an app that goes alongside it but the main part of it is you read a bit of story, flip a card over and it's got like a room on it and the room has different numbers on it and you look at the back of cards to find those numbers and you take yep. those cards out, flip them over and that is the item you found at that part of the room. Uh, there's some stuff that's usually kind of hidden in some of the artwork so sometimes there'll be a number in like the background like on wallpaper or something like that and you yep. can find hidden items and things like that. Um, you solve puzzles by adding the numbers of the two cards that you think you need to use to solve the puzzle together and then taking the card of that number and sometimes it'll trick you out so it'll be like oh i want to use the hammer on this window and that's a four and that other one's 23 so i'm going to take the 27 card and you take 27 card and it's like you smash the window and the thing grabs your arm from outside of it and rips it off and you lose time um it's pretty awesome. The ones we played were uh there was oh god I've already careful there was like a haunted house one. Yeah. And uh, uh kind of Was that the Nautilus one? Yeah, the Nautilus one. Um which I really liked the Nautilus one actually. I like both of them, but the Nautilus one was especially really cool. The Haunted House one was quite easy. It was you know, you've got to find the cryptonomicon cryptonomicon and find the right words uh which actually was like the one puzzle in that that i thought was really really good was figuring out the right words to say which actually is just like a four digit code that you put into the app to end the game Um, all right okay uh which i won't say what you have to do to do it because it's you know it's obviously they'd be spoiling like the last puzzle in that game Um, yes not gonna do that that's mean um the nautilus one's really cool though because the timer starts at like five minutes Whereas the other ones start at like half an hour, an hour or yeah. whatever it is. Um, it starts at five minutes and you're like, oh, fuck. What? Um, but you find air canisters throughout it as like hidden objects that oh, right. are just okay, a code. That's cool. It's just because basically on the app there is uh, like three different sections, two or three different sections, but the main ones are like there's a mechanisms one where you put in a code and it opens up a mechanism, which the code is just based on what the cards will tell you what it is. Uh, and then there's the the like the the one for unlocking doors. And that doesn't care. It doesn't need to know which one you're doing. 
because it's it knows which game you're playing and so you just put in the code the code and if it's a code for something it will tell you um and so some of the codes you get are for air and so it'll increase your timer which is pretty good um but then that's also that one used the kind of the the mechanisms part of it a little bit more than the other unlock things that i've played have done because you find a like in a little sonar machine and you're kind of it has like a bunch of different buttons you can press and it all just shows up on the touchscreen on your phone and so you're actually interacting with this little you know keyboard thing um to solve a puzzle which is great i really liked it yeah um so yeah i i really liked both those i've still got one more in that pack to do because i got basically a pack of three of them for my christmas cool uh i forget what the third one is but i'm gonna um a treasure island i think i think you're right i think it's treasure island yeah um, but um that, that nautilus one i think is probably the coolest one of those i've done uh we got stumped a couple of times there was a couple of puzzles we just didn't didn't really get um that aren't like very well kind of choreographed um but for the most part like i think it was like my favorite of those um so far cool yeah. so how did you get because the first time that we played the unlock was um i know that you'd well we'd obviously played all all four of us together and uh your girlfriend is sometimes not too keen on sort of the the time the games with times you know the, the time limits it kind of puts her a little bit under pressure yeah. she's not too keen on that kind of element how did you get on this time um she didn't make it too much larger because we kind of did the same as what we did last time we played Unlock, which we kind of just ignored it when we ran out of time. We were trying to beat the timer, but we didn't take it too seriously. It wasn't like Fuse right. where you lose. Yeah, like, yes, yeah, yeah Fuse if, is, is like really intense. Yeah, like with Unlock, it's like if you run out of time, technically with Nautilus 1, we should have drowned. But, you know, if we ran out of time, we were out. Right. It was we were playing on New Year's Eve, so we were drinking a bit and like half watching Jules Holland on the TV. So it's like, oh, uh, right. you know, they were not really paying too much attention to it. Um, oh, that's. I think that's what I like about them, though, is that you don't have to, st- uh, you know, strictly stick yeah. to the the time limit on them. Definitely, if you really want that kind of tense, you know, kind of experience, you can do that. If you want to just relax and solve some puzzles together. You can also just play it that way, which is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to play the other one at some point, which I think is supposed to be a bit harder than the Nautilus one, which already stumped us a bit, so that'll be fun. Um, I will say the thing that I noticed that we had, uh, or we didn't have because it was just the two of us playing, and uh, when we got stumped, we didn't do the thing that we ended up doing last time. Uh, where, oh, where people... you just people were just like you know there's like and uh, randomly <laughs> adding things together exactly and be like is there a card that's 43 and it's like why where what's the logic behind that it's like is that and that it's like why would you use you're saying to use like this comb with this table why wh- why yeah. why would the, you got to yeah, explain yes. your logic and they'd be like but it's there and it's like well i got a record from it so this is probably not meant to be this is, I can't remember yes. what it was we did. We legitimately did a thing in that, and it was like someone was like, "Add this and this." So we use them together. We got a record from it. And it's like, wait, that's not that doesn't that make doesn't sense. make sense. Yeah. Um, we had one so, thing. 
We had one thing where we added numbers that could have went together but weren't the solution to the problem. And we got a card that we shouldn't have got yet. Right. But it was also only... It was literally the next card we were going to get anyway. So it didn't actually matter. It didn't like spoil anything. It was like... It, we had basically skipped a step. Right. And we had just coincidentally added two other numbers together to get this number, which... I feel like they usually are quite good about avoiding. Um, but yeah, we we did that once. But it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Cool. Excellent. Um, so we haven't got much in the way of um shall we have a look at what's kinda coming out sort of new lease wise? Yes, let's do that. All of the things. Excellent. All of the things. So looking at things that are coming out for weekending the 25th of January 2019. Yes. We have a, the for the Switch, we've got the the Raven Remastered. I don't know what that is. It's a kind of detective puzzly game, the adventure game type thing. Is it like a photo hunt? No, no, it's not a photo hunt. Okay. It's a a bit like the kind of Sherlock games, oh, the Sherlock I see. games, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, um, I believe it's a a, a well thought of game, uh, but yeah. it's not one that I've played. Uh, also coming out on the twenty fifth of the first is Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. That's great. Uh, yeah. And it's got Bowser Junior's Johnny with it as well. I don't know. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Never played it, but uh, I know that you've played those those games before. Yeah, yeah, that might be my favorite of the Mario and Luigi games. Uh, that sure. and Dream Team are the kind of two that I really, really liked. Right. Excellent. Uh, we've also got Resident Evil Two remake coming oh, out man. as well. I played that demo. I've downloaded it and I started it today, and then. I was it. waiting. A what? You can only start at once. Oh, really? Well, did you actually yeah. get into the gameplay of it? Yes, I got into the gameplay of it, and then you, I quit out. You probably won't be able to play again. It's a one-shot thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but I thought it was. A, I thought it was a time limit. There's also a time limit. It's both. Yeah. And also, uh, it, has, it also ends after you hit a certain point because I didn't hit the time limit. I didn't quit out, but I got to a point where it was like, "You finished it." It's like, "Okay, great." Ah, uh, um, it's really good. They made they remade Resident Evil Two. Yes. They put the camera, you know, over the shoulder like Resident Evil games are now. Made it really, really pretty. Bothering that, it is most definitely Resident Evil Two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they added a couple of things I noticed uh, uh, in some of the cutscenes they've added a story in that so you're yeah. not going to be able to walk through it Yeah, blindfolded Definitely. so cool uh, and then just looking at the last thing we've got here Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel comes out for PS4 I'm not too sure what that is JRPG I believe Yes, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, it's from Marvelous Games, so. So it's a JRPG or No More Heroes? <laughs> yeah. I think they still but, No More Heroes. 
but yeah, that's that's it. There's not too much uh, because uh, as you're listening to this, we already would have had the Ace Combat Seven and uh, the No More Heroes game. Travis yeah, strikes again. Travis strikes again. Um, yeah, man, I don't care about too much stuff coming out next week just because I'm not getting Resident Evil Two at launch. I'm gonna get it a bit later when it goes down price. I think I'm the same. Resident uh, Evil games I, don't hold their price, even when the good, like even Resident Evil Seven was like really cheap, really yeah. quickly. I'm just gonna wait till Nathan buys something else, and I end up getting a free copy of it from him. That's how I got Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> I have a, yeah, I, I have an, I have a sealed copy of Resident Evil Seven down there because Nathan bought a VR headset that came with Resident Evil Seven, but already owned it, and so I was like, "Do you want this?" I was like, yeah, alright. I'll take yeah, this I game, st- I guess. I still need to play 7. It's a good game. I've played it before. Right. Um, <laughs> I never finished it, though. I need to actually sit and go through it. Uh, I'll do that before Resident Evil 2 comes out. Or before I get Resident Evil 2. Maybe finish Revelations 2 so I can clear that like 30 gigs off my Switch that it takes up. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but no, like my the main thing I'm looking forward to this month is Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I'm... I was looking forward to Kingdom Hearts and Ace Combat, so I think I'll pick up Ace Combat as well. I did did like the Ace Combat, although we were talking about it before we started recording as well. I'm in a bit of a dilemma because you get the you also get the the a copy of one of the older games, and it depends on what console you get. So if you get the PS4 version, you get Ace Combat Five, and you get Ace Combat Six if you get the get it on xbox one and buy both. I th- just buy both yeah. no <laughs> uh i, I wonder if one. they'll you know that they'll bring back the you'll be able to buy ace combat 5 and 6 separately i think they specifically said they will not be selling these afterwards like i don't even know if you oh. get them if you don't pre-order Oh really? I think so. I could be wrong. I think I saw something like they don't actually have the rights to resell them outside of this or something like that. Ah. Uh-huh. I could be wrong. I could be way wrong with that. I skimmed the headline earlier. Like I've not. <laughs> right. So I should remember. Ah. Uh, I'm trying cool. to find that. Let's um, So have we got anything else we need to cover? Um. No, there's news and stuff, but I think we've... Uh, we'll leave it for now. Yes, we've whittled um, on. <laughs> I guess just an update for people in general. Like we'll our game of the year stuff will be going up soon. Yes, because it won't. I'm not going to post these those episodes before this one goes up. Um, but they're all recorded. Paul has edited yes. them. They all sound very good now. Um, good. We record them all in the same room. So it doesn't sound like we're robots because we recorded it through Discord like usual. Um, <laughs> it's gonna go up. Like I originally wanted it to go up alongside the videos, but the videos are not going to be done in time. So they'll probably go up, you know, the week, week after this or so, two weeks after this, roughly. Expect them around then, maybe. Cool. Soonish. Uh, and then the videos will be some point soon after that. My video's almost done. I just need to record footage for everyone else's. 
Yes. It's a monumental task when you <laughs> work a full-time job also and <laughs> don't have spare time. Um, but yeah. And also when we're scattered across the whole of fucking Scotland. Uh, yes. Uh, fun and games. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So the only do is thank you all for listening if you have any comments questions concerns or a, a bag load of money you don't know what to do with you can drop us an email at podcasticglitchfreegaming.com you can find us on twitter at glitchfreegame and search for us on facebook just search for Glitch Free Gaming. You'll find us that way. And also, don't forget, you can find us on the worldwide internet at www.glitchfreegaming.com, where Ben has been gathering all sorts of nice reviews and bits and bobs for you. And uh, we also have a YouTube channel, which uh, will have the videos that Kieran was mentioning as well. Yes. Now you can just go watch the Game of the Year 2017. <laughs> Remember all those? Um, yes. <laughs> for this, uh, youtube.com slash user slash glitch free game. Cool. Excellent. Subscribe. Like all of our videos. Watch our Northgard review, which is now our top video <laughs> for some reason. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was so excellent. happy about that. I I know you. I, I'm getting messages that uh, the one of the board game first looks that we did at was no the deal on the site. Yeah, for uh, yeah, for the past three years, um, the <laughs> board game quick look that Mike put up of Five Tribes, the Artisans of Nakala, which went up. I can't remember. Did you not get that game like slightly early or something? Yes, we got we got it um, a week and a half before the before America got it. Yeah, so like it came out, you know, Mike got it early, got a video up. It's a very detailed, very good video in general. Uh, a bit weird, fish-eyed because you were using that camera that you were trying to use at the time. Yes, like, yeah. I still like that look, the weird fucking fish-eyed board game look, but. Um, <laughs> It's it's like the worst skate video. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna do some sick skateboard tricks and play some board games. Um, no, but it's like it's a genuinely good video, and uh, because it went up early and because it was good video, it got a decent amount of views for us. Like our, we're lucky if our our top videos outside of these two get like a few hundred views. Like yes, and most of them don't really even break a hundred. Um, but if we're lucky, like they, they get a few hundred views. Um, this one is sitting at just under 2,000 after three years, and it was setting up that high for a long time. It's kind of slowed down in views recently. And so, yeah, it was just, it was this big gulf of anytime I uploaded a video, it's like, this one's got like 50 views, and then like directly above it is just Mike's thing lording over everything with like 2,000. <laughs> you will never beat this. Uh, but that Northgard review I put up last year sent it 2.2 thousand views. Woo-hoo! So I was happy to send an image to Mike and be like, I did it. I beat it. I defeated the king. <laughs> um, yeah, there's your overindulgent inside baseball about our YouTube channel. 
Yes, excellent. So I think with that, we will say cheerio and we will see you next time. Goodbye. See ya.